Do you own a service business? If so, you may want to pay attention. Do you remember why you started that business in the first place? All the time and financial freedom you were going to have with your family and friends? Then you ended up wearing so many different hats in your business and the thought around growing the business means more time at work, less time with family and friends, and more headaches with employees. If that's you, we have the solution. It's a simple formula that works and it starts with structuring your business in a simple way that makes everything else easier. Finding and hiring the right people that actually help you grow the business and helping you implement the key things to make your whole team more efficient and effective. This is the Pivot Ready Business System by Birdflow. We've helped hundreds of small service businesses grow and become highly successful. Elevate your opportunities, profits, and time freedom. Visit www.bergflow.com slash podcast to claim your free video to learn more. You're just minutes away from learning how to transform your service business in your life. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John McDaniel, and I'm joined today with Drew Lars. Is it Larison? Larison. Okay. Larison is how it's pronounced. Yeah. I meant to ask you that before because I'm no, you're like, good. Oh, is it Larison? Is it Larison? No, I was just on a podcast not too long ago and they, I think, pronounced it the same way you just did. And <laughs> I have an easy way for you to remember it. I told the same story before. So when I was a kid, I had like really long, curly, almost like Afro hair. And when in high school, I, or when everybody was getting like a nickname, right? I It was either going to be Larry for Larison or Harry due to my hairstyle and I chose Larry. So Larry Larison, there you go. I got it. I got it. I love it. Well, we are joined by Drew Larison and we're so happy to have him on. Uh, Drew, thank you so much. Uh, This is the under pressure podcast where we're going to talk about all things business and under pressure. So Drew Larison is the founder and CEO of Larison Media. Uh, founded the company in the Larison company in 2015. Now, what what did y'all do there with the the Larison company? So Larison company was a very similar company to what Larison Media is now, except it was just me. So it was literally the Larison company. Nobody else worked here. So as we grew, which I'm I'm bet you'll say here in a second, like as we grew and I got a staff and we started to scale the business, that's where it became Larison Media. Go, you know, so it was it was more than that, yeah. Yeah. So 2015, you merged into Larison Media and and or uh went that was 2015, 2017. 17, yeah. Yeah. Um exciting stuff, man. Uh so you're your husband, you're a dad, you're you're a true believer that hard work and kindness is a true key to success. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh you believe a good creative marketing strategy is one of the things that can turn a small business into a great business and is is and you're on a mission to help as many small businesses as you can and i think that yep. is phenomenal because i'm going to tell you what uh and we were talking a little bit before the show everyone what what drew is doing is such a necessity these days um i'm telling you the media is out of control uh you <laughs> had a good way to put it and i'm going to let him talk about that here in a minute but drew we want to get to know you a little bit right i, sure, I yeah. ever want to know who you are and where you came from and all this stuff so so where'd you grow up what, what was that like i grew up exactly where i am right now uh, in kokomo indiana which kokomo is pretty known for the beach boys song but unfortunately that was a different kokomo uh kokomo indiana is about just 40 minutes straight north of indianapolis in indiana so central uh mid-central indiana yeah born and raised here uh i mean literally born in kokomo i still live here today i'm raising my family here today i own two businesses here today um so yeah kokomo is where i call home that's awesome. It, it, and you were right about the song as soon as you said Kokomo. 100%. I hear the song. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You're amazing. not alone. That is the common connection when I tell people where I'm from. A lot of times they start singing it and I have to kindly tell them to stop. Stop doing yeah. that because that's not where I'm from. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of sad. The island that the Beach Boys song was actually about no longer exists. I think Sandals Resort bought the island and they renamed it. So like the song it's a lie now there is yeah. no place called kokomo yeah legend <laughs> yeah 
it's it's no longer there sad yeah sad it is sad but now you can just imagine it's it's where you're at that's right way down in kokomo yeah (laughs) uh so what 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 was it like growing up in kokomo like for you as a kid like what was what was kind of your your niche? What were what were you doing running around like as a yeah. kid? Yeah. So as a kid, I grew up in a small business owner home. So I technically I am a fourth generation entrepreneur, um, going back to my great grandfather. So like I grew up in a home um where it was very common that the dinner conversation was what happened at the shop today. Uh my dad ran a shop that my grandfather started. So a lot of the kind a lot of times the first words I'd hear my my mom said to my dad at night was what your dad have to say today um which is funny because my wife is in the business uh today so it's kind of just this weird familial cycle right i grew up in a family-owned business and now i'm running a family-owned business with my wife and um yeah so i just grew up in a small business on our home I saw hard times. I saw great times. I heard hard conversations. I heard great conversations and, um, it just made sense, I think. And I think there's entrepreneurism really is, and can be a DNA of sorts where it's maybe that nature nurture conversation of whether it's literally in your DNA or you really just kind of grow up in it. And it's kind of all, you know, I would probably fit both of those. I, I think so. Um, but you know, when it came to picking a career, I had a job, um, a few jobs at an agency and it got to the point where it's like, I think I just want to own my own thing, you know? And I, I learned at an agency, how to run an agency, um, which at that agency was a fully remote agency. So I got really great experience on like how an agency runs remotely. And that was before COVID. So we were doing remote before it was cool. So, uh, it just got a lot of great lessons. I had a really great mentor at that job. And like I said, it just got to that point where it's like, I think I want to do my own thing. I want to think I want to start my own thing. And um, it got to the point too, where agencies I've learned and a lot of businesses are like this too. But agencies really grow one of two ways. They either grow by number of clients or by size of client. You're either having a lot of clients, probably paying you less per month, a lower uh, retainer, um, or you have larger clients that are paying you a lot and they have giant retainers. And you know, the company I was at really was starting to go towards that larger account or larger client route where you know, we were getting paid a ridiculous amount of money every month, but the work we were doing was kind of the work that their own marketing departments just didn't want to do anymore. So they were just throwing it to the to the agency to finish rather than when a small business hires us, high majority of the time, the small business hires us, we are their marketing budget, right? You mean we are what they're doing in marketing and our work matters so much to them. Um, every post that we create, every video, every whatever piece of content or whatever strategy we're putting in place, it means a lot. And I quickly found out like that's where I want to be. Like I want to be in a spot where we are valued so heavily by our clients to where they don't look at us like a vendor. We're truly their marketing department that just works in a different building, you know? So like we're more of a partner rather than a vendor. And we turned eight years old at the end of last month and we've been doing it, you know, and growing and helping small businesses, what we like to say, increase their impact, whether that's internally, locally, or beyond. And we truly have an attitude where we really believe small businesses have the power to change the world. Um, So much so you look at every giant business that exists now, right? The easy ones are Amazon and Apple. All of them started small, all of them. Every big business that exists all started in that garage style atmosphere, right? So we we love the idea. We get jazzed on the idea that we could possibly play a role in the story for a small business and help them increase the impact until they are one of those big businesses literally changing the world. So that's what we get to do every day. It's really exciting. Um, our whole staff here just kind of has like a really big heart for small businesses. Um, and like I said, playing a role in their story to help them get to where they want to go. Um, and that's really just a lot of dreams becoming realities, honestly, because we, I always say small business owners are just the right around a crazy, right amount of crazy. If you think about it, um, cause it just on paper, 
even if it's like the world's most beautiful business plan, they're still a little crazy to take the risk that they do. Um, but we, we love that and we respect that and we want to be there and help support them and partner with them so that together we can increase their impact. Like I said, internally, whether that's, you know, helping them make more money to where staff can get raises or staff can buy a house, you know, or things like that, which that's real impact that happens with the marketing that we do for our clients. So whether it's internally that way, Locally, I think is a really cool way to look at it too, because I know no one likes to talk about taxes. However, like the more money a local small business makes, the more taxes they're going to pay. And that probably means better roads in your community. That means probably better um, funds for schooling in your community. So you, we, we don't look at it just as, hey, we're going to increase your social media likes or we're going to get you more website views. We look at it in a much deeper way. And then so that's the internally, locally and then beyond, you know, due to the Internet being what it is there really doesn't need to be a small local brick and mortar and the buck stops there anymore. Like a small brick and mortar business can be known quite literally across the globe. Um, and like I said, we're, we just get jazzed on that idea that the things we do and how we do those things for our clients is going to increase their impact and help them change the world. So it's, it's a cool thing. That's awesome. I love that. <clears throat> the idea of, of, helping these businesses change the world. And they really are. And that's one of the yeah. things like at Birdflow that that we also just love seeing these companies grow and seeing them going out. And 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 people always ask, well, like, how are you guys changing the world by helping these businesses grow? Well, what people forget is like every time they make a hire, they're changing someone's life. 100%. Every time they're they're providing jobs, they're providing they're solving problems because that's ultimately what we're all doing out here. You're solving a phenomenal, well, it's not a phenomenal problem. It's a terrible problem to have, yeah. but you're solving it in a phenomenal way. You're out there providing a service that is solving a problem for these companies. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure you get, you guys just get ecstatic about seeing companies oh, as, as they're, you know, when it's starting to work, it's starting to click and they're getting excited, pumped about it. It's just a, it's, a, it's amazing. It's so stinking cool. And like, I get so romantic about it, but I mean, you're right. What, what I like to say, like what you're talking about is the ripple effect, you know, and it's this giant ripple effect. And there's, I'm a big Hamilton nerd, the, the musical Hamilton. And there's a line that honestly, it changed my life. And it talks about the word legacy and like what is a legacy and it's planting seeds in a garden that you don't get to see like that's a legacy and like i said that word or that line in that musical changed my life because that's kind of what we're doing here as well if we're helping a small business increase their impact right and that means maybe more money in more jobs um more money for those employees like you said go and buy a house you know do these things have more financial freedom all those things that could come from it we're not going to get to see all that stuff Right. We're not going to see the outer rims of that ripple effect of throwing that stone in the water of this small business. But, man, if you keep that in mind, it's just such a powerful mindset to have. Uh, and like like you said, you guys are doing a workflow. There's probably so much stuff you don't get to see, um, but it, you know it's happening. And like that's what's cool, because I don't know if anybody in the world of client service it's not an easy one. There are really, there are some hard times in client service, um, especially in small business world where like, like I said, there's pros and cons to like, we are their marketing to budget, you know, because with great power comes great responsibility, right? You know, with that responsibility of being the main person for them for advertising, that's a really cool thing. It's an honorable thing. It's a lot of like um, responsibility put on our shoulders. But it's also hard at times, you know, in small business owners, the, the one thing that is so precious to them, one of the one things is a marketing budget. So, you know, we really take pride in like the trust they're giving us um, with their marketing budget, with the dollars they want to be spending and just knowing in the back of our head, like we are making such a difference for people, for families, for businesses, to even customers um, that we'll just never see. That helps a lot, like go through the hard times of it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, let, let's talk about this on this entrepreneur side of things. So you're helping entrepreneurs, but people need to understand you are an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so 
backtracking a little bit, like I know, so your fourth generation, which is uh, which is awesome. Now you said shop. What what kind of shop are we talking? Yeah. About? So my grandpa started a. It's a manufacturing shop. They made brooch splines and brooches, is what it's called, and it's the most random thing. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but I'm not talking about like the brooch jewelry part, like everybody did in high school. And they asked me what my dad did for a living. He, they, my da- everybody thought my dad made jewelry. No, brooch was like, it's like a precision steel cutting tool, basically, um, that got used in the automotive world. Like some of their customers were um, Allison Transmission or Chrysler or things like that for big, heavy machinery that were making um you know, steel transmissions and auto parts like that. So very different uh, than what I'm doing now. (laughs) And like, honestly, it couldn't be probably more different than what I path I chose. And a cool part about me growing up and such a lesson I've learned when my kids, I have a nine and seven year old. And like when they get to the point where maybe they're starting to think about, I don't know, are they going to be in the family business growing up or things like that? I remember every time I asked my dad, um, growing up, Hey, so you think I'm going to work at the shop one day? Like, am I going to take over the business? His automatic response. Like if I had a nickel, I could retire every time I heard this, he always says like, Nope, you'll do something better. Nope. You'll do something greater. So like in a weird way, it was never really an option for me because he always was just saying like, no, I want you to go do your thing whatever that's going to be. And I have one brother and he ended up becoming a pastor. So like both of us did nothing with the family business Um, and not just did nothing with the family business. Like what, you know, like action wise, we could not be doing opposite things than like steel manufacturing. Um, But, you know, and it was, but it was still so many life lessons that I'm just now really starting to see that just being in that home, being in that atmosphere, so many things taught me. Um, I mean, my dad owned a business in 2008 where his main customers was the automotive world. I don't know if you guys want to take a history lesson. Things weren't <laughs> great in the automotive world in 2008 in Kokomo, yeah. Indiana, which Kokomo, Indiana, like they're our, one of our biggest employers still to this day is Chrysler, um, a Chrysler transmission plant. And we had other automotive factories in this area. Things were hard. Things were scary. And I think my parents probably protected me from the horrors of what all was going on in the family business to a certain extent, but they couldn't hide everything. Like it was obvious that things weren't okay. Think something had changed. Um, But that honestly probably prepared me for when my version of that called 2020 happened. And, you know, like uh, COVID happened and I think if I hadn't had gone through or seen how my parents handled um, 2008, I don't know how I would have responded to 2020. Because I remember my dad sacrificed so much during that 2008 that no one was laid off, no doors were shut. And honestly, I'm happy to say the exact same thing happened at Larison Media during COVID. Nobody got laid off. We actually gave a few raises during that time and no one got let go or anything like that. We kept our doors open and it actually turned into a time where we showed up for our small business owner clients even more than we were before. Um, But like, I don't know how I would have instantly responded if I hadn't have gone through and been raised through that 2008 home um, when 2020 hit for me. So there's so many life lessons that I, didn't realize at the time I was probably learning until I actually had to act on them later on in life. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I've run into, obviously speaking to entrepreneurs, speaking to business owners, so many that I talked to have come from, you know, their, their multi-generational DNA, man. Yeah. It's, it's kind (laughs) of written in their DNA and, and uh, you know, they all talk about those lessons that, that they're so grateful that they saw or heard, or, uh, you know, maybe weren't directly a part of it, but they were exposed to enough. Mm -hmm. They were able to take that and learn from it. And then, you know, it helped them further down the road. So, uh, and it's still hard work and it's still, you know, just, toiling but if you can pick up those nuggets if you can if you can use that stuff wherever you can get it then that's i think i think the probably the best way to explain it it doesn't make the days easier but it makes the years worth it you know like when you have that mindset or that background that you're coming from that 
that didn't make those terrifying days during 2020 easier. However, when we got to 2021, it made it worth it because you know you you did the work, you went through the stress, probably gained a few gray hairs, um, but it was worth it because you did what you knew was right for your business, for your employees, and and my situation, my family. Nice. Well, let's let's steer towards. So you're you got this entrepreneur. You're you're an entrepreneur. What? You went complete opposite from the steel business uh, and, and manufacturing and all this that your family was doing. So why choose media? What What's, what's yeah. up with that? Great question. Um, so I was like a lot of college kids. I Well, the first year of college, I went to a small college close to Kokomo. And a weird thing about college, if you don't pass your classes or even like go to your classes, like they don't let you come back the next year. It's called like flunking out or something like that. Yeah, and that yeah. was like my first experience at college. And I was kind of like a lot of kids are. I don't think I was ready for college. I didn't have a clear path of knowing what exactly what I wanted to do. I think I had some buckets of interest, but I didn't have like a clear lane of like, this is what I want to do. This is what I you know want to study and excel at, which makes sense because you're 18 freaking years old. It's not common that an 18 year old knows exactly what they want to do in life. So I was kind of like this lost kid. I was definitely distraught because I was like, oh, I'm a failure, quite literally. Um, but I found this guy locally back home who to me was successful. It looked like he wore nice clothing. It looked like he had some sort of, you know, direction in his life. And I kind of just got the guts to say, Hey, can I just meet with you? Can I like sit down, kind of pick your brain and maybe you potentially can help me figure out my path. Um, so I did. And I sat down with that guy and we found out I, I definitely love business growing up in the house that we've talked about. Um, I'm a musician. I play drums. I grew up playing around music a lot. So I knew I liked creative quite a bit. Um, and just that, that world of like creativity. And then I also, I loved people. I loved being around people. I was definitely an extrovert. The older I get, the more I think I'm turning into an introvert. My <laughs> wife calls it curmudgeon, but like at that age, I was definitely uh, an extrovert type of person. And we kind of sat down and like, all right, these are your buckets. These are like your interests. These are things maybe you excel at that you're naturally good at. And then he gave me this book called crush it by a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, which he's known very well now uh, across the world. And guys, this was, remember, 15 years ago. So Gary V wasn't really Gary V yet 15 years ago. And I understand the word crush it sounds like the cheesiest motivational book of all time. Um, but really what it was is it was giving people permission in the world that we are living with the internet to you, you do not have to have a job that you hate. There's no reason for it because the classic example Gary always gives, I think it's, it gives it in the book is let's say you're obsessed with Smurfs. Like you love those little blue people. Like you love those cartoons. You love the stories. Uh, you love the Smurfs so much. It is possible even more so now than it was 15 years ago to run a Smurfs blog blog your little heart away, maybe have a YouTube channel about analyzing every episode of the Smurfs and then sell ads on that blog, sell ads on those videos. And literally you could make a living doing, you know, dialogue about the Smurfs. So it kind of blew my mind. Uh, like I said, kind of early before I grew up in a town, it's a manufacturing town. All I've ever heard through my life is no one likes their job. Their job puts food on their table, their job pays their paycheck, and they can go on vacation to Florida once a year. That was like occupations in Cocoa, Indiana to me. So this whole idea of like we're living in a time where no matter what you're really into, due to this thing called social media and the internet, you can do what you love for a job. So that kind of blew my mind. So that kind of got me down that path of just marketing, specifically social media marketing in general, so much to like, that's where it all formed because social media, you have people, right? That's why the word social is in social media. You, and that's also creative uh, social media, maybe it's graphic design, video work, things like that. So I had people, we had creative, and then you have business all tied along with it. So we took those three buckets that I found interest in and kind of went down that path, you know? And like I said, I had 
I had some internships while I was in college for the second time that led towards me getting my first big boy job at a car dealership um, where I was their internet marketing director. And then actually the guy who I looked at as the successful guy that I asked for some mentorship with, he owned an internet marketing agency. So he reached out and said, hey, we're hiring. Do you know any for the position? And young gutsy Drew responded back, why not me? And that's, I ended up working for his agency for three years, learned so much. And that's when I left and um, started my own after that. So it was, it was a combined effort of kind of realizing and hearing stories about no one likes their job. Your job is just to give you a paycheck. Um, there's not really a deeper purpose than that but also just pushing against that and like figuring out what would I do the rest of my life if it was up to me, you know? Um, And I kind of just built it, built it from there because um, eight years ago, there were no other marketing agencies in Kokomo. So, you know, we are the first um, to really start in Kokomo and eight years later, there have been a lot that have tried, but we're the only one standing still. So it's it's a it's a cool thing. But it really it was a good combination of doing some deep diving of what I actually really love, and then also talking to some people that I looked up to, and then just working that out and figuring out from there. Because you're right, it is the opposite of what I grew up around, which is that manufacturing. I mean, I could literally, if I close my eyes, I can smell the smell of the factory in the shop that my dad worked at. Like I could smell the oil. I can smell the gears. Um, and our office doesn't smell like that, you know? So (laughs) I went like the very opposite route of that. Um, but like I said, I had really encouraging parents. I, and like, that's the lesson I think I've learned as a parent. I can't take it personally. And maybe like 10 years, if my kids come to me and they're like, I don't want to be in the family business because that's not the example I was given. That's not the grace I was given um, from my parents. So, but you're right. I kind of did take the opposite direction. And luckily, because I do think even adults, we make a lot of decisions based off what our parents will think of us. Um, But I was really lucky with great parents that just gave me that grace and that um, openness to go and explore what I actually want to do to be happy. That's great. And that's a great message for a lot of people, especially if you're younger out there listening, like you don't have to, you don't have to go down that road. I've always thought like you, when I went to college, I mean, and I was even a little bit of a non-trad, but uh, at that moment, I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to go be an attorney because they make mm. money. Right. That um, sounds nice. Money's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Money's good. You know? So it was, it was just a thing like there really should be much more of a focus in school of like, let's explore mm. what you like. Let's explore what you're good at. And you like, like a combination yeah. of the two, instead of people just get stuck in these, in these jobs that they hate. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's so a, it's a novel world. idea, right? Like, Hey, this is one of the most important decisions you're going to make because this <laughs> might line up what you do for the rest of your like adult life. Uh, but no, let's for- focus more on, you know, just what the paycheck's going to look like, not your, like what your mental health is going to be, um, doing this thing every day. So, um, and that's a cool thing too. Um, we're in a creative world and Larissa media, right? So we have a bunch of people that are creative. Um, and like I said, when we started, we were the only ones in Kokomo and it's been really cool to see us becoming, I guess maybe like an outlet for creative people in Kokomo an opportunity, uh, for creative people in Kokomo that didn't exist. And, um, we, we work really closely. Indiana university has a sister campus in Kokomo and, we have no problem getting intern- interns to come into our office because there's not a lot of other companies like ours around um, to where we can really help people that are creatively gifted to have a place to go and can learn like this can be a career. Like this doesn't need to be simply a hobby. Um, you know, like actually I'm sitting in a room, I'm in my office right now studio with one of my employees and like i'm pretty much saying his story right so he moved to kokomo and he was definitely creatively gifted and he his he always tells me he told me multiple times before like his mind was blown that a thing like larissa media exists in kokomo indiana so it's it's a really cool thing that we're able to provide that to people that were like me right that like loved creative loved being creative that never thought 
in a town like Kokomo, where, like I said, it's a lot of manufacturing, it's a lot of things like that, that they could make a career in Kokomo, Indiana, doing something creative. Um, so it's been really cool. Been really cool to grow that and like let that be an opportunity for a lot of people that didn't know it existed before. That's awesome. I, you're making me want to move to Kokomo and do it, man. Your company, like <sighs> as you can see, you see my background here. You can see yeah. like that. That's all my stuff. That's a guitar. Yeah, yeah. I guitar. You want to make like a band? That. We should. We should start a band. <laughs> we should start a band. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I I think it's great that you guys are doing that, and I'm sure there are, uh, the sentiment is the same for a lot of your employees. It sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely jealous. I'm actually <laughs> doing a lot of the things that I, I do love and I'm, I, you know, doing this, for example, is just mm. really exciting to me. I'm like, you I, I'm I, you know, I want to be social. I want to be talking to people. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't want to just sit and stare at a computer screen. So sure. this gives me an opportunity where I can talk and stare at a computer screen. So <laughs> at least there's that. Uh, and I'm working on the other creativity side of things, but let's let's dive into more specifically about now that we know about you and kind of where this you know this passion came from and and how you're developing that passion in others now we kind of have this pretty good idea and it sounds like you know Laris and media is, is phenomenal and you guys are obviously if you're excited about what you're doing i know that you guys are doing great work so let's talk specifically now about like what what are y'all yeah. doing for companies what what specifically are you guys doing and, and how are y'all helping companies sure yeah no it's a great question so uh, a lot of the conversation we've had so far really covered what we like to call our why like right we exist to partner with small businesses so that we can increase their impact internally locally and beyond because we truly believe your small business whoever's watching or listening to this has the power to change the world that's our why so how we look at it is now we also have our what's and how's we like our hows and what's, so how we do it and what we do. Um, so a lot of our services that we provide are what's our social media marketing. We just really believe the mass amount of attention right now is being paid attention to, to a device like this. Um, it's not like I look at Houdini. I just pulled it out of middle nowhere. Uh, you know, a device like a phone and that's where attention is. And we are true believers that attention is the most important variable when it comes to marketing advertising. There's a reason that newspaper advertising used to be crazy successful. There's a reason uh, radio advertising and all those other traditional methods methods used to be crazy successful. And it's all due to the word attention. That is where attention was being paid. So we truly believe the mass amount of attention uh, for small business owners, their audiences, their customers, their potential customers is being paid on a phone and specifically on social media devices, on Google, on websites, things like that. So our services really are fully encompassing of where that attention is. You know, we can help you with a social media strategy um, from anywhere from like helping you build up creative to fully running your social media pages for you, becoming that like social media department, social media department that works in another building. Um, we're really getting into the world of video production and video content creation where we can come in and be your small business's video production department that happens to work in a different building. Uh, we do a really good job and I'm really proud of this. Uh, we create really great websites for small businesses. We use uh, Squarespace as the plat platform for our websites. Uh, when we first started eight years ago, we definitely used WordPress like a lot of people do. What we learned about WordPress is WordPress goes zero to 100 really quickly, especially for a small business owner that doesn't. And frankly, it shouldn't be their job to learn how to do HTML coding or how do you update certain things or figure out widgets or breaks in code. It shouldn't be your job, right? Your job should be running your business. So we quickly learned we would be creating these beautiful WordPress websites and then handing those over to the client. And the client had no clue what to do with it. If they wanted to change a photo, they were calling us. It took our time to do a little task like changing text or a photo. So we found this thing called Squarespace, which Squarespace builds gorgeous, beautiful websites, just as pretty as WordPress. But the best part is it's better for our small business owner client because we always say, if you can update a Word document or a Google Doc or something like that, you're going to be able to change anything on your website, including creating new pages. So everything we have in mind goes back to how does this benefit the small business owner? So we switched to Squarespace and we just never 
get calls to help with updating things on our clients' websites anymore. It's an amazing thing. Um, and honestly, a lot of agencies, they nickel and dime people with like, hey, we have to charge you for an hour of work, even though that photo change took five seconds. Um, and I, I'm just not interested in that. I don't want to, I want to sp have us spending our time on big creative things, not nickel and diming small business owners. So a lot of times for a website project, we actually create video screenshots for you, showing you how to change things on the back end of your website. And you just keep those video files, you're good to go. Um, but I'm really proud of our website process that we've created over the years. We, we create so many, so many websites for small business owners um, that it's, it's a really cool you know, product and service that we provide. Um, yeah. So I mean, really anything you can imagine, anything you were like digital marketing world, right? That's, that's what we can provide. You know, anything from, like I said, Google paid services, SEO services, helping your website that we created for you get as high up on Google as possible. Um, or just depth. And like, we actually, I, you've heard me talk about our why, um, which we went through uh, close to a year ago, and it's kind of changed everything for us that knowing we have that deeper purpose and a why. Um, we fell in love with that so much. We actually provide why discovery consultings now where a small business can hire us in and we'll come in and really help them find their why, find their North star of why they exist past the dollars um, and the numbers and, you know, cents and things like that. So that's what we do. You know, we really believe we can help you increase your impact, which is our big goal by doing these marketing strategies that we're really good at, frankly. And we've helped, you know, hundreds of small business owners grow um, to the point where like maybe they graduate, where they grow big enough where they can actually hire an internal marketing department. Uh, but that's what we do, you know, and we, I, we love it. Cause like I said, it's, it's a really good marketing should be a really good mix. I think of that left and right side brain where you're super creative. You can come up with things on the spot. You love words, you love art, things like that, videos, photos, graphics, but then also the right side. I don't know if I have that right, but the analytical side and the data side of things. And I think we do a really good job of walking that line with both sides of our brains um, to get the best results for our clients to help them increase their impact as much as possible. That's great. You know, and that in and of itself is, is worth, you know, bringing someone in like Laris Media where, uh, I mean, I try to come up with some creative stuff once in a while <laughs> and, 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 and I do okay here and there, but then I look back at it and I'm like, wow, that, that was really, that was really <laughs> bad. Uh, but I tried and, but there's, there's so much more information and the research around like what, you know, what is, what is really working at this point in time? What, what's impacting the marketplace the best? Yeah. Is it video? Is it still shot? Is it a combination of the two? Is it, you know, Facebook? Is it more now? Is it, has it switched more? Is, is it Instagram? Is it, and, and what, what do we got now? There's, there's something new. TikTok. Uh, I mean, threads just came out. Threads, recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is used to you and I were talking about before the show, it's just so crowded and I don't see it getting any less crowded um, anytime soon. And that's, it's, it's so, it's simply just overwhelming for a small business owner. Like, like I was saying with WordPress sites and like, have to learn freaking HTML code to change a photo. That's so overwhelming to a business owner that's also already wearing 10 other hats to have their business run. Um, it's just so overwhelming. It's so crowded to where that's really the value of what we bring is we can take some of those hats from you because that's what we do best to give you more time to do what you do best, which, you know, hopefully as a business owner, you know, where you bring the most value and like where you are more valued in your business than anybody else could be. But like, let us take a few of those from you. I, honestly, I often compare our services in the world we're in to um, a commercial cleaning company or maybe a, an accountant, right? You hire an accountant because A, you don't have time to do your taxes or your bookkeeping or whatever the payroll, whatever they're doing for you. You hire them so you don't have to worry about it. And you know, this isn't a dig on you, but like, you know, they're probably going to do it better than you, right? They're going to be more intentional about it. They're going to have the time to do it. Same thing with a commercial cleaning company. You know, you hire them because frankly, you don't want to clean up your office. You don't want to clean up your shop. And they're a 
they're a cleaning company. They're going to do it better than you. So we are the exact same thing, except in the world of creative tasks, uh, creative strategies and marketing to help make sure your impact is as big as it can be. You know, so it's, it's a, it's not that crazy of an idea to outsource your marketing when you put it like that, because you're probably already outsourcing so many other things in your business that you're simply just not strong at, and that's perfectly okay. You're not a superhuman. You have your strengths, you have your weaknesses, just like everybody else. Um, but we can provide that where I, I've said this for years, like there's no more, oh crap, it's Tuesday. I need to post on Facebook. Like that doesn't have to exist. And unfortunately, so much content by small business owners, that's how it gets posted. You know, there's no strategy to behind it. There's no intentionality behind it. It just gets pushed to the back burner when in reality, I truly believe a great marketing strategy and great creative is one of the biggest variables to help grow your impact more than anything else that can happen in your business. Because it's, I mean, the internet is crowded. There's so much content. Consumers are seeing more advertising content than ever before. Um, we're being, you know, we're getting numb to advertising at a quicker pace than anything ever before to where if you have one great piece of content, one great piece of creative, it can change everything. And I, I mean, truly believe that. And I just don't think a lot of small business owners have the capacity to do everything else they need to do and then also have that creative moment happen. It's tough. It's just, it's hard. So that's why we exist. Yeah. And it's a great reason to exist because I'm telling you, it is so difficult. And I know everyone out there listening, all the listeners, business owners, even if you're thinking about getting into it, you've got to pay attention to what you're saying. This is, you know, and, and most of you know, you've probably felt the pains and you're, you're probably about to look him up right now <laughs> uh, and, and look into this company to help you. Because I'm telling you right now, it's, it's just so difficult and there's so much of a demand. I mean, yeah. everybody's competed against one another and, and trying to keep up with that and your business at the same time when it's not your specialty, uh, it's overwhelming. And if you yeah. can't afford to hire in-house, you've got to do something different. But yeah. I, I think you're right, Drew. Like it's going to totally just change uh, these companies let's talk about uh, quickly, you know, someone coming into this, they've got a newer business or even, even if they're not, they're, they're not successful. Maybe they're not really sure what to do. They've done a little research, but not enough. What, what advice can you give someone just starting out uh, that are, that they're having trouble with their marketing. They don't know anything mm -hmm. about Google analytics. They don't know anything about, you know, they're, they're fumbling through the post daily, or maybe yeah. it's every other day, or maybe it's once a month or whatever it is they can do. What can these small businesses do for themselves? Let's say they, they, I mean, obviously hire you would be <laughs> a fantastic solution, but if, if it were something that they could change like momentarily or they could do for themselves more momentarily until they maybe have that revenue or, mm. or, or just something that can help them to realize how important of an impact getting this right is. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, you said it earlier, I'm a small business owner that serves other small business owners. So like, it's a, it's a cool thing for me to be able to relate to a lot of my clients. Um, and I, I, I think one of the things small business owners are really good at is believing that we have to do it all ourselves or it has to be perfect um, before we do anything else because we're really scared of what others will think of us. Um, so really my biggest point of advice that I tell, I tell clients this, I tell my staff this, I tell friends this, um, is perfection is the biggest roadblock to progress and the number one job, whether this is trying to get into marketing, whether this is trying to be better about your books, uh, whatever it is that you're, or maybe your products or your services coming up with different processes internally. My biggest piece of advice is stop thinking as yourself as a super human being, small business owner, rather than what you truly are, your number one responsibility as a small business owner is you are a business owner practitioner. And I, how I compare this is medical practitioners, right? 
doctors, what they literally do, these people that go to college for years, they go to school for so long to learn how to be a doctor. But even when they've gone through all of that schooling, right, what they do for a living is practice medicine. They're practicing, right? All they are is medical practitioners. Every patient that comes through their hospital doors or their private practice doors is full of different variables. No one's the same. The same way in our world, no client is the same. No audience is the same. The same world or same way in a small business owner world where every customer of theirs is different. Every uh, audience they're trying to deal with is different. Every process is different. Though that doctor has to look at that person that comes in, look at the variables that are put in front of them, and literally all they're doing is practicing. They're trying this medicine. They're trying this prescription. Hey, let's try this surgery. They're practicing medicine. The same way a small business owner should be a practitioner of being a business owner. Constantly have this idea of trying different things, tweaking little processes, tweaking little things in your products and services, tweaking staff, things like that. If you constantly have that mind that I'm going to be constantly kind of switching the place around I'm practicing different things rather than it has to be perfect before I ever do anything that's such a better mindset for a small business owner to be in. Um, because when you start doing that, like I said, one of the first things Perfection is the biggest roadblock to progress because sometimes I feel like we use, uh, oh, it's not going to be perfect or we're not ready. We use an excuse to not try because we're afraid of it failing. Rather than if we have some data behind us that this, whatever we're thinking about trying might work, try it. Take that risk. Because I mean, you already took the largest risk of all, which was starting a small business, right? Like I said, you're already the right amount of crazy, you know, just the right amount of crazy to start and try this in general. But once we start, I feel like a lot of people think everything has to be perfect before you try it. I just don't look at it like that. So when it comes to marketing, when it comes to advertising and branding, a lot of people feel like, oh, I've got to have this crazy in-depth campaign idea. We've got to be posting every single day. These graphics have to be gorgeous. This video has to be perfectly lit. No, that's our job. If you're hiring someone to do your marketing, yes, your marketing should do that. However, if you're a small business owner really trying to get into things first, set your goals so much smaller than what they probably are in your head. Maybe make your goal, I'm going to post once a week. Maybe I'm going to do one short video a month rather than I'm going to try to do daily videos. Um, Make it more realistic because also what happens, and this is in life in general, when we set goals that aren't really realistic to us, um, the easy example is like, I'm going to start working out and I'm going to do it twice a day. I'm going to start eating this. And then like we, we, we screw up one time and the whole thing's off the tracks, right? The whole train's off the tracks. Same thing happens in business ownership. If you create these crazy high level goals of what you're going to try to do for your own marketing, and then you skip a day or forget a day, then you're like, dang it. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. Rather than when you're starting off, practice, try different things. That should be your goal rather than I'm just going to post and create a bunch of stuff. I always compare it to when I was in high school. Some of my favorite words I ever heard out of my English teacher's mouth was quality over quantity when it comes to how long our papers had to be, right? I loved that. If you give me like a 10-page paper assignment, I'm miserable. However, if you tell me, oh, I don't really care how long it is. I just want it to be good. Give me quality over quantity, that should be your mindset with your marketing, you know, because honestly, think about it. If you were in the consumer shoes, I mean, John, tell me, when's the last time you liked a piece of content online that was just okay? Yeah. You know, and not, not, not recently. It doesn't happen, right? (laughs) Because we're flooded with content more than ever before. We're really only going to engage with the good stuff, right? So I would rather you focus on creating really good stuff every now and then rather than just mediocre stuff all the time, you know? So that would be my strategy or my biggest tip is look at yourself as a small business owner practitioner and think quality over quantity and then always in the back of your head, like, all right, how could we do it differently? What about this graphic that didn't do so well? What could we have done differently? What can we tweak? What can we, you know, twist and little things like that? The same way a doctor does, you know, be a business owner practitioner. I love it. 
you, you kind of touched on something too. I think uh, so many people, and, and I hear it a lot. First of all, you mentioned like trying something new. And I think people also get in their comfort zones, right? They, they mm. get in these little comfort zones. And I talked to a lot of business owners and because they didn't really, they didn't grow up with social media or they didn't, uh, they don't really know how it operates or works. And so they just refuse to use mm. it or they, they, like you say, they'll try it once or twice. They're like, no, I can't, I don't even understand that. And so they just yeah. knock it to the side. They don't give it a chance. They, and, and all they're doing is really just hurting mm-hmm. themselves. So, you know, I, I talked to a lot of them like, well, stay in your lane, get someone to do that for you. And I can promise you it's going to pay off if you've mm-hmm. got no interest and, and given that a shot or learning that or whatever, there are people out there, they already know it. They, they you know, mm-hmm. you, you know it, you know what you're doing. You, so go and, and have that done for you, but also step out of your comfort zone. Don't, yeah. don't be that person that's going to hold your business back and hold the people in your company back because you simply refuse a new idea or you don't like new technology or whatever it is that that's, that's just detrimental and that's not progress. That's, good things happen when we challenge ourselves and we step mm. out of our comfort zone in different ways. So yeah. What you're describing that. is what I say, people get romantic about how they've done business. And honestly, it's, it's ironic for me to say this now because I'm a business partner with my wife, but romance does not belong anywhere in business. <laughs> um, you know, it, you, how you've done your business, how you're frankly doing your business today should never pull out a romantic emotion from you because you're right. People get stuck in the ways like they did those traditional advertising methods that I talked about before. And it worked back then they got into comfort with it. They got into rhythms with it. So they just get romantic about it. They're like, nope, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is not just advertising. There are so many lanes and just business ownership this could work with, right? But advertising definitely fits into one of those lanes um, where it's just, you get romantic about it. And it's, you can't get stuck in that. You know why? Because some of our best clients ever in company history don't actually have social media themselves. But what is a cool thing to see is that they understand the attention being, you know, focused on the internet, social media. Some of our best clients don't even have a computer in their office, Um, but they understand I'm not going to do this. This isn't for me. I don't get it. That's perfectly fine because they understand that their customers do. And that's what matters in business is being where your customers are. This is not romantic about where you are. Frankly, that's one of the hardest jobs as a marketer, I think, is taking yourself out of it um, personally and thinking more in the shoes of who you're trying to actually communicate to and reach. Um, but a lot of times, a lot of small business owners, business owners, I don't know, not, not just small business owners, large business owners, they have a really hard time of taking themselves out of it um, and think, well, if I don't think this way, no one else does. And that is such a detrimental blow uh, to what could, what you could be, you know, what you were saying about to your business, for the people in your business, for the overall health of your business. Um, but yeah, you're right. You can't get romantic about it. And luckily, I mean, let's, I'll continue that comparison. Like, I don't think there's a business owner that's romantic about how they clean their office, but you hire cleaning companies, right? Commercial cleaning companies. I don't think there's probably a a business owner out there that thinks the romantic way that they do their bookkeeping and payroll is better than what an accountant could do, you know? So there's been many proven industries that, people are okay with breaking that romantic feeling and handing it off to somebody else. But like I said, some of the best clients we've ever had don't care about the internet personally, but they understand the impact it can make for their business. So that's where they're like, great, I'm going to hire somebody else to do it. So, So it's still getting done. My business is getting that attention that it needs in that world. I just don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And that's great. The, you know, getting, getting out of that box mentality mm-hmm. of this is how it has to happen. And this is how I've always done it. And, and breaking free of that, uh, you know, I, I, I talk to these companies all the time They're, you know, they're like, well, what are, what are you guys going to do for us that, that I don't already do? I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm like, okay, you're a $250,000 company. Um, and you've been doing it for 25 years. There are people who are understanding that, that, that they, they, they don't have to be put in a box. Like why, mm-hmm. why aren't you a $10 million company? Why aren't you a $20 million company? The reason is 
the learning process stops somewhere. Mm. The, 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 the getting ourselves out of the box and out of our comfort zone stopped somewhere, uh, or even just passing that, that off to someone else, learning yeah. what we can about it, what they can about it, what they should about it. And then learning that this is not my wheelhouse. I'm going to stick to my wheelhouse and let others uh, do the things that I, I don't care to do. I don't understand, but I know because I've learned mm -hmm. that they're necessary because that's where I'm going to get the exposure. And that's, you know, that's where my business is going to grow. It's going to take me above and beyond. So mm -hmm. um, you guys are, are providing a phenomenal uh, service for, for small businesses and medium businesses. And um, yeah, it's, it's really it's under understated. Fun, so yeah, Drew, uh, we're going to wrap this up, but I, what are your final thoughts? What give us some final thoughts on uh, just any advice, any final thoughts that you can give some of these business owners out there and, and even those that maybe are, are considering uh, stepping into business. You know, we got a lot of techs and a lot of, mm. a lot of employees that are listening to this and they're like, man, I've, I've considered business. And so they're, they're taking in every snippet of knowledge they can, which is why I love doing this. So what, yeah. what are some final thoughts for everybody? I guess uh, maybe it's for those people thinking about starting a business or maybe it's for a business owner, thinking about that expansion or thinking about growing in a certain way that they get nervous about something that I've, I've realized uh, is my biggest fear in life um, or my biggest motivator is my fear of regret, to be honest. And like my, the last thing I want is to be an old man. If I'm lucky enough to make it old. Uh, my last thing I want is to be an old man with my last few breaths and my, my, one of my thoughts is I should have done this. I should have done that. Uh, it's, it's my biggest motivator. My biggest motivator in life is that fear of regret. So I will say, I mean, I talk to people all the time, right? I talk to small business owners a lot. I talk to people that want to start a business and a lot of people think they're a lot older than they actually are. And they have so much more life ahead of them to where my biggest, I guess, takeaway is, if there is 1% of you, like literally, if there's only 1% of you that you think will regret not making that choice that maybe you're thinking about right now, do it. Make the choice. Take the leap. Um, and maybe find yourself a partner like I have with my wife. I, I always joke like I am the like jump out of the airplane. We'll figure out the parachute on the way down person. And she is the one who wants to build 10 test parachutes before we even step foot on the plane. Uh, but we usually find ourselves right in the middle and it works out really well. So, I mean, but you don't have to do this alone whether that's a business partner, whether that's a company like Larissa Media or that commercial cleaning company that I'm talking about, or whether it's a, you know, an accountant or bookkeeper, you don't have to do this alone. Your dream is possible. Um, and like I said, if there's maybe 1% of you that is going to regret not making that choice, give it a shot. Go for it. Nice. Wisdom here, guys. You guys better, better listen up. Okay. These are wisdom nuggets dropping, falling all over the mic that drew's got over there and and into your ears so uh drew tell everyone how they can contact you yeah and, and how if they want your business and they and they want something because or even to to discuss some of this with y'all mm -hmm. how can they find you where can they go yeah, real simple. It's just larisamedia.com um, is our company website where you can check us out, see everything on there, get a hold of us there. Um, or I don't, I don't know, you could probably put all this in some sort of show notes. But I mean, my personal social media is at Mr. Drew Larison, uh, M-R-D-R-E-W-L-A-R-I-S-O-N. You can reach out to me personally. Um, yeah, but like I said, I, I think we said it before we started recording. If I could talk and do this, all day and like sit around and brainstorm and uh, help, you know, business owners and talk to business owners, be, get creative, learn ways to grow their impact. I would do it all day. So, I mean, you always feel like you can reach out um, whether you want my services or not, whether you just have a question, uh, just let me know. And I, I'd love to hang out, talk um, and just, you know, help you get over maybe a hump or help you figure out how the impact you're currently creating can be grown in a big way. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, any, any, any thoughts, uh, of, of you guys like branching out of Kokomo and like moving like a little expansion? Is there anything that, you know, we've, we've talked about 
other offices in the past. Um, but ever since COVID, we actually switched to a full hybrid workplace. So where you either can be working from our office or you can be working remotely. And I mean, we have some employees that are maybe in once a day or once a week. And we have some people that love coming into the office. They're here every day. But we actually do travel quite a bit for our services too, especially like uh, we were just down in Texas not too long ago, working with a client down there, creating some video content for them. So I don't know if we need another office um, because we, we work so well virtually. Sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But I mean, all we've right. worked with people all over the world. We've had clients in London uh, in the past. So uh, we really, we do have the capacity to work for you no matter where you're at and do services for you no matter where you're at. That's awesome. So y'all heard it. Y'all, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can still contact them, get some advice and, you know, get their help. Uh, That's right. I know I need it. So we're probably going to have a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. I, I, I can always tell like when, uh, you know, it's like time flies and mm. you know, I, I, oh, wow, that's yeah. when I know I'm having a good time. And that's when I know like people are really going to love the content. So good. thank you so much. We'll have you back on in the future if you're interested. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. Uh, thanks listeners out there for coming and listen, make sure you subscribe, you like it, you share it, uh, pass it around, tell people about it and uh, show some love to Drew, go and visit his site and check him out. Thank y'all for listening under pressure podcast where we've been discussing all things under pressure and business. We'll see you later.